Ever wonder if your life had a true purpose? Imagine a time when our government could ensure everyone could live the life they were intended to live. Apartment F Productions presents Living with Purpose. Mr. Elfin was not a man to dawdle at his mirror. He was merely checking that his shave was shiny, his U-shaped hair was uniform, and his tie symmetrical. To be clear, he was not admiring his reflection. He abhorred vanity. He was merely attending to first impressions. Once he was satisfied with the result, he breathed in a little pride at the thought that the government had placed its trust in him. At 7.15, Mr. Elfin burnished his butter knife and straightened his morning table. He knew these simple gestures were the essence of self-respect. He was not one to eat over the sink, drink milk from the carton, or slurp his coffee. At 7.22, he deposited his breakfast egg in boiling water. While he waited the specified five minutes, he contemplated his new assignment at the Newcomb facility. This would be his first inspection of the new technology. He was skeptical, of course. People in his business were paid to be skeptical. But Mr. Elfin was resolved to be fair. Questioning, but fair. That was the code of the Agency of Compulsory Service. At 7.28, he tucked his tie between the third and fourth buttons of his shirt, slid his chair up to his place at the table, buttered his toast, skillfully broke open his eggs with a spoon, and laid the shell bits on a saucer placed for that purpose. He ate with small scoops and captured every crumb from his toast with a dignified sucking. His kitchen was as tidy at the end as it was at the beginning. At 7.50, Mr. Elfin drove his domestically assembled sedan from his attached garage. He steered past Ms. Lovell. She was waiting for her bug-eyed chihuahua to leave its peanut-sized droppings in Mr. Rush's planter. That woman! <laughs> she has no business at Amphibian Rescue, in my humble opinion. <laughs> for all his views were humble. She should have been assigned to bedbug inspection or curb repair. There had been a rumor Ms. Lovell had benefited from family connections, but Mr. Elfin knew that could not be true. Despite his misgivings, he knew her placement had a scientific basis. When it came to science, Mr. Elfin was no skeptic. He trusted the system. He knew what it was like before the advances in teleologics. He knew that without teleologics, Ms. Lovell and most of her generation would just be like many of his peers lost souls living aimless, unproductive lives. Sure, there was room for improvement. Occasionally, there might be mistakes. That is why his job was important. For her part, Ms. Lovell and her chihuahua were indifferent to Mr. Dalton's opinions. Her opinion of him was simple. A little pervert. A verdict she was quick to share with colleagues at the rescue service. She came from a self-respecting line that valued its convictions. If she was wrong, was no concern to her. She was satisfied with what she knew. While Mr. Elfin had no first-hand knowledge of Ms. Lovell's opinion of him, he was quite aware of his own. Don't they know that one bad egg spoils the omelet? Maybe they should try living next to that kind of person. 
As he drove to his assignment, he imagined a day when technology would eradicate this sort of injustice and impropriety would be forgotten to all but history. Mr. Alphen arrived at the service entrance of the Newcomb Center at 8.40. The facility resembled a blockhouse with rows of small square windows. It was surrounded by concertina-topped parallel fences that buzzed with voltage and its roof sprouted antennas. By the agency standards, it was modest. Just 15 processing bays capable of handling only 150 initiates a day, plus the yet-to-be-seen comporting station. He pulled up next to the armored kiosk and handed his credentials to a gray-suited security contractor. A candy-striped gate and bus-sized steel barrier blocked the entrance. It needs painting. He reached for his pad and tapped out a note. Your paper, sir. Here you are, officer. I think you'll find everything in order. Thank you, Mr. Elfin. Have a good day. Mr. Elfin accepted his documents with a slight, solemn nod common to those in government service who have been entrusted with the authority vested in the state. The gate lifted, the barrier dropped. Mr. Elfin drove into the secure facility, more conscious than ever of the weight of his responsibilities. Mr. Elfin was waiting patiently in the lounge when Kaufman emerged from the inner sanctum. Kaufman wore the black vest of top management. A seven-bundle arrow badge identified him as the facility manager. Mr. Elfin stood to meet Kaufman and offered him a polite but not overly warm handshake. All checked in? I believe so. I know you'll be pleased with what you see today. We've been looking forward to your visit. I'm sure you have, Mr. Kaufman. The agency demands our facilities operate according to the highest standards. We expect nothing less. As you know, we are particularly interested in the new capability. Of course, the comporter too. I, I think you'll be impressed. Shall we begin at the intake? We like to start at the beginning. We wouldn't be thorough if we missed the beginning, would we? Shall we go in? Kaufman led Mr. Elfin onto a catwalk above the concourse. They looked down onto an omega-shaped glass-enclosed structure with a soaring ceiling. Elfin watched as the initiates were welcomed by photorealistic avatars from online gaming stardom, and then seated and served breakfast by yellow-vested attendants. Mr. Elfin tapped some notes into his pad. Worn carpet, two malfunctioning monitors, broken chairs shoved into a corner. See that, Kaufman? Would you say that's a good look? Admittedly, our scanners are a bit dated, but we work hard to keep them running smoothly. No, no, Mr. Kaufman, the, not the scanners, those chairs, that monitor. For goodness sake, the carpet. Uh, Mr. Elfin, you must understand, we do all that's possible with our limited budget. We uh, must prioritize. Our scanner maintenance is costly. Um, we don't want the intake to get bogged down. Of course we wouldn't want that, Mr. Kaufman. Wouldn't you agree it's those young people that matter? Just look at them. They're all so young for their age. Most haven't a clue. And the meal? Is it the standard ration? Do they eat it? 
like Tasmanian devils. They have no idea what's in it. The fungus is completely tasteless. I doubt they'll be gobbling it down if they knew those eggs were garnished with ground caterpillar. Mr. Hoffman, I should warn you. There are severe penalties for disclosing classified information. Hoffman nodded respectfully and thought, this one's by the book, a checklister, rules above people or common sense. But Hoffman was wrong about Mr. Elfin. He did not lack for compassion or empathy. Quite the contrary, he was overflowing with feeling, but for the simple things, the rocks, the birds, the fruit-bearing trees. He felt they were pure. They had no self-serving motives and not an inkling of inherent privilege. During daily strolls, he would speak to them with a heart full of gratitude and a feeling of camaraderie. These were his companions in destiny. Hello, Rock. Good morning, Miss Bluebird. Fine day, wouldn't you say, Mr. Avocado? No, Mr. Elfin did not lack compassion or self-awareness. He was just a hard and fast realist. That was the cause of his chronic outrage at the privilege enjoyed by the undeserving. Things might have been different if he had found a different calling. Unfortunately, he was born to an earlier time when the compulsory service was not required, and no one learned of their life's true purpose at that tender age when it mattered. At times, he thought, I could have been a painter, or even a poet. The 915 buzzer echoed through the complex. Shelley. One by one, the celebrity avatars began calling the initiates to the doors that led to the processing clinics. I've seen enough. Where do we go from here? This way, Mr. Elfin. Brockman led Mr. Elfin down a stairwell and through a matrix of crisscrossing well-lit corridors to outfit control number two. Here we are. As you can see, we have 20 operators, each with the ability to monitor any of the outfit rooms. Let's see if Sierra's busy. Sierra? This is Mr. Elfin from the agency. Have you time for a demo? Sure thing, boss. Let me get you some chairs. She corralled two chairs from a neighboring console. Mr. Elfin took note of Sierra's vest, which was festooned with service baubles and the distinguished team player tail feather that dangled from her locker loop. He scanned her workspace for personal artifacts. No offending party photos, only the two permissible pet portraits. Then he noticed she had a purple lightning bolt tattoo over her right eye. A non-compliant tattoo. Hmm. Something of interest, Mr. Elfin? Just notes for the report. Uh, what are we looking at? That's the live 3D stream from OR6. It's one of our 15 outfit rooms. If you don't mind, Mr. Kaufman. <laughs> Please, miss. Continue. One of our blue vests is prepping the sensor suit fabricator. We can view any of the ORs. Let's see what's in OR3. A mashup image appeared at the center of the display. A naked male initiate stood, his arms outstretched. An orange-red grid was projected on his body. Okay, as you can see, the scanner is taking measurements for the sensor suit. Each one is custom printed and applied for a perfect fit. Now let's find you some data. 
How about OR1? A female initiate appeared on the displays. Her scalp and pelvic areas were covered by a shiny skin-fitting fabric with wires trailing to a patch panel. She was otherwise exposed and wore a pained expression. As you can see, one of our green vests is applying a panel of sensor suit fabric. Let me tell you, that's a tough job. It goes right into the skin. You have to stick it on just right. Let's look at the data from the pelvic panel. Getting that one right is always a challenge. Look at that orange line. It appears this one is fertile. Just a moment, please. OR1, we lost data from the skull panel. Roger control, that's probably the connection. The advocate laid the new sensor panel aside and disconnected the skull key. The girl pulled at the fabric and shifted about. They watched in silence as the green vest unfurled a new cape. As you can see, the initiate is uncomfortable. It's the prickling from the fabric sensors, very common. At first, it feels like little needles. That's why the fabric is scratchy. Yes, 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 we're quite familiar with the system, but tell me, what is the discomfort reading? Is it within spec? We still use the Model 2 body wraps. The Model 5S is more comfortable, better data too. We put it in a proposal. I'll make a note. Shall we get on with the demo? While we're waiting, here's something cool. That graph is a fusion of all the pelvic sensors, but we can also select individual sensors. A photorealistic 3D model of the girl's torso appeared on the display. Red points covered the image of her body. The dots show where the sensors penetrate the skin, about 100 per square centimeter. Let's zoom into that sensor near the navel. That's the needles piercing the skin. Pretty cool, huh? How much longer? Stay still, you'll get used to it. What else do we have on the agenda? I've seen enough of this for today. Shall we head to a viewing room? Thank you, Sierra. Sure thing, boss. Another purple-vested staff member whose vest was covered with service pins greeted them outside viewing room number one. I'm Sky. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Elfin. You've come at a good time. We've got a live one. They entered through a sliding door into a darkened room that looked out onto the exam room. Scrolling telemetry graphs floated in the air in front of the viewing window. A female initiate wrapped in the sensor fabric was lying in a cutout recliner that restricted her movement. A red-vested woman paced back and forth on a wall-sized display positioned at the foot of the recliner. You know why you're here? I'm not stupid. That's Interog 8. Very lifelike, don't you think? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, she's quite convincing and rather attractive, I must say. Young lady, did you know your biometrics are very skewed, very resistant? When can I get this shit off? Let me expand it. Is that better? Go to hell, you stupid avatar. Now, now. Our process is intended to help you. Ow! Excuse me, Skye. Is it common for them to struggle like that? Pretty much. What are we to do? Uh, and this one is a comporter candidate? First one today. 
Don't you want to have a purpose for your life? Don't you want to know what you're supposed to be? You're a bright young woman. We want to help you. We want you to get a good start. While Mr. Elfin made a conscious effort to keep an open mind about this young woman, he was not sympathetic. Why would anyone be so contrary? What an ingrate! Doesn't she realize the agency is going to set her up for life? A job, a place to live, a basic understanding of what her life is supposed to be about. We had better get on with the session. I'm required to collect some data before I can release you. I'll keep it to a minimum, okay? Does it matter what I think? Do try to relax. It will go faster. Are you Mary Jane Sanderson? I can make you very uncomfortable. You suck! Mr. Alphen could only shake his head at her behavior. For her sake and other social misfits, Mr. Alphen genuinely hoped the comporter worked. But over the years, he had seen dozens of overhyped, underperforming technologies. This wouldn't be the first time the great minds at headquarters had been seduced by the prospect of the next big miracle. He had his doubts. Shall we see the comporter? Please. Kaufman led Mr. Elfin through the complex and scanned them into the comporter chamber. The entire system consisted of a treatment chair, a wired beanie with headphones, a server rack, and a workstation. That's it? Well, Mr. Kaufman, it isn't much to look at, is it? We were only funded for a basic unit. This last quarter we submitted for an upgrade. I'm sure you have. You know, Kaufman, we strive to provide our facilities with the very best to meet all their needs. But you must realize the agency budget is limited. We're not NASA, you know. Please, take a seat. The initiate will be here momentarily. Two men sat. The operator pulled the screen across the room to lend a modicum of privacy and dimmed the lights. A male initiate entered. The operator handed the initiate a clipboard and a pen. Do you understand and agree to the treatment? Do I have a choice? He scratched out his name and climbed on the treatment chair. The operator fitted him with the beanie. Are you ready? The lights dimmed. The equipment started. There were no humming magnets, whining drives, or sparks, just the LEDs flashing on the rack of equipment and the data displays. So it went. After an hour, the telemetry stopped. The initiate got out of the treatment chair and left the lab. Is that it? How do we know it worked? Where's the validation? Don't you people verify your work? Mr. Elfin, we just run the system the agency provides us. Besides, it must work. The manufacturer guarantees it. The agency tested it. We just follow the protocols. But you don't know, do you? Hmm? Do you? I'm just the operator. Can we get back to you on that? What are you going to do, Mr. Kaufman? Call the manufacturer? Wait for a field engineer to come and tell you that everything is just fine. What do you imagine that accomplishes? I'll tell you what that accomplishes. Nothing. Doesn't anyone here care about our service? Is there no concern about quality? It's, it's all just business as usual for you people. Hmm? Huh. Elfman knew how this worked. It was the same old story. 
He looked around the room at the scanty equipment. He knew Hokum when he saw it, and this looked like just another case of some agency bright light getting bamboozled. He shook his head in dismay, and then it occurred to him it was something he could do. Um, tell me, Kaufman. The comporter works off the profile at Data Central, right? I believe so. I believe so, too. He's right, sir. I have a profile. Shouldn't it work on me? You're kidding. I'm not sure we're covered for that. Tell me, Kaufman, is that your idea of how we build a quality organization? Well, I can assure you that's not how our agency was built. Those people took pride in their work. They knew a challenge when they saw it, and they were willing to step up. You should try it sometime. Hook me up. Mr. Elston signed the waiver and settled into the chair. The computer operator fit the beanie and dimmed the lights. Synapse 400 At first, Mr. Elfin waited for a sensation of some sort. He felt nothing different or unusual. After a while, he thought something was wrong, but decided he should just remain still and see what happens. While he waited, he reviewed his duties for the remainder of the week, decided on spaghetti for dinner, and made a mental note to pick up his shirts at the dry cleaners. After an interval that seemed shorter than he expected, the comporter operator turned on the lights and removed the beanie. Mr. Elton sat up, got to his feet, took a deep breath, and straightened his pants. Well? Very interesting. You should try it. Please, show me out. On the drive home, Mr. Elfin had a peculiar clarity of mind, one he had never previously experienced. What he perceived was not exactly enjoyable, for now he knew without doubt that his purpose in life was nothing more than what it already was. There was no substance to those longings about what might have been. He had missed nothing. But there was more, something he did not like. He knew at the moment he turned up his street and saw Ms. Lovell walking her chihuahua. It was not the rocks, the birds, and other eternal things that were his companions in destiny. It was Ms. Lovell, and everyone like her. Richard Herlin played Mr. Elfin. James DeQuint played Mr. Kaufman. Kimmy Tan played Sierra. Margaret Turner played Interrog 8 and a female initiate. Sheila O'Connor played Skye. Anne Wyndham played the comporter operator. Sue Hirschman played Ms. Lovell. Kenny Meyer played the security contractor. Bonnie Lund played the intake announcer and a female initiate. Michael Farragher played a male initiate. Living with Purpose was directed and narrated by Tim Hansen. The play was adapted by Tim Hansen and Kenny Meyer from a short story by Kenny Meyer. Living with Purpose was produced in Los Angeles during the 2021 COVID pandemic while we were all required to stay home. This has been an Apartment F production.